Hello, everybody. It's um, 6.33 on uh, Thursday night. We're ready to do a Bible study here. Going to begin in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 with verse 27. Uh, we want to welcome our podcast friends. We want to welcome our Facebook friends. We want to welcome you from all over the world who are listening to and studying along with us. We want to remind you, you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel Direct Messaging. We want to also remind you that uh, in March, we will be taking on a new YouTube channel, Mike Springston Ministries FFC. In the meantime, we're still on Lift Him Higher Radio, and we welcome you in. We're on Facebook and our old YouTube channel, Mike Springston FFC YouTube, and of course, Mike Springston Ministries uh, Podcast, FFC Podcast. And we welcome you from wherever you are. We appreciate you. Don't forget to go to Amazon or into the bookstore and buy my book. We will certainly, uh, you will be blessed by it. Let me just say that. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll go into verse 27 of Ephesians chapter 4. Father, I pray that you'll open our eyes, that we can see in our ears, that we can hear in our heart, that we can understand what the Word of God says. Let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, speak to us directly out of the, the throne room through the Holy Spirit and show us what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate, and we'll receive it. Release it to your people, and from there we'll be changed, transformed, translated. We give you praise and honor for all of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Neither give place to the devil. In other words, do not give the devil a place for any of the types of behaviors of which Paul has mentioned in this writing. Don't give him any opportunity to have a place to go. Put on a new man, which is after God, created in righteousness and in true holiness. If we cannot operate at a spiritual level that is beyond the level of deliverance, which is the level of the resurrection, uh, we cannot operate in holiness. If we cannot operate in righteousness and holiness, now watch it here, we have no means not to be influenced to give place to the devil. See, therein is our problem. We do not understand the coordination of being risen with Christ and being made the righteousness of God. And when that righteousness of God happens and where the righteousness of God takes us, so because we don't understand that, we don't consider that as a place in the journey that we must follow Jesus. So by not considering it as a place we should go, without holiness and righteousness, we have no means in our, because now we're operating in our intellect, and we're operating in our flesh, and we're trying to control our flesh because we have no means to use to stop the influence of the work of Satan to not have a place in us. 
So when we don't understand righteousness and holiness and how to get there, then we do not have a mechanism to keep us out of the position where we will not be able or not want to or not have the desire to or have the power to fend off the devil. This is probably the biggest misassociation of the entire scripture. More people have remained living their life, trying as Christians as hard as they may, not to sin, to force themselves not to sin, and thereby remaining more closely associated with darkness than light. Why? Because they've not identified with the force of righteousness. Then they've not allowed righteousness to develop them into a holy and acceptable follower of Jesus Christ in the spiritual realm. In essence, we remain attached to our world and the realm of our humanness because we don't understand the concept of following Jesus. Verse 28. Now he says, stop trying to steal things that are not yours. Huh, what's he talking about? Well, stop trying to do things in the spirit world that don't belong to you. Stop trying to engage things in the Christian life for which you have not gained access. Stop trying to do things because you see them in the Word of God without having been given the privilege of operation. Don't, don't try to steal spiritual things of which you are not acquainted or accustomed because in so doing you are opening yourself up to what? More place of the devil. What happens? You get frustrated. You get hurt. You run into blocks and borders and people begin to tell you you just don't have enough faith. You're just not operating in enough faith. No, the truth is you're not operating in the right kind of faith because you're still operating in the gift of faith that is attached to grace that is an earthy idea because when you go into righteousness and holiness, your faith pattern changes. That's when all the great things about the faith of God begin to manifest to you, when your faith becomes the faith of Jesus Christ. But because we don't understand that, we are stealing, trying to steal spiritual things of which we're not privileged to. We haven't been given yet. They're there for us to have. That's why Paul said, I have not seen or ever heard the things which God prepared for those who love him, but it's only going to be revealed to them by his Spirit. Now think about that. There is a plethora of blessing that is coming to us once we reach the bridge to cross the border. And righteousness is what goes across the bridge, led by truth. And now when you get over there, your faith model changes, and all of a sudden you're walking as a citizen in a new kingdom. And as the, your faith becomes the faith of Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of faith, then all of a sudden, the access to the, all of the promises of God become yea and amen. We are trying to access the promises of God 
in Jesus Christ without being in Jesus Christ. And we don't recognize why they're not happening for us. We don't understand why we do not seem to be able to garner the things that it, that it appears the Word of God has promised us. So we get frustrated. We get bored. We run off into, into different things, cunning craftiness of men, and we become often deceived. People go off into cultish things. Why? Because they're trying to steal something in the spiritual domain of which they cannot get because they have never come in to Christ. Now the world and the general preaching of our world tells us that we come in to Christ at the cross. That's not so. Paul did not teach that. That is not the way the thing is defined or described in Romans 10. Righteousness came in after you found the resurrection in your heart and were saved. So as long as we continue to operate and attempt to operate our Christian life in our earthly uh, intellectual form, we have no way now to combat what the enemy will do. Why? Now listen. Because of the common things. We have remained in common things. We have remained on the common side. And as long as we remain attached and associated to the common thing, then the common thing is always going to be a source of deceit and corruption. Now, God never intended for you to be there. God intended that every, the, the, the things that I have not seen or earth heard be given to you and that you obtain them in the spiritual realm. But because we do not understand what being in Christ means, where to go to get there, what is the result of what we obtain when we get there, and where do we go afterwards, because we don't understand that and we don't teach it, people are living absolutely frustrated Christian lives. And so what do they do? They determine, well, you know, it, it, it must not be wrong to drink a little bit. And it must not be wrong to do a little dope. And it must not be wrong to smoke a little bit. And it must not be wrong to be a glutton. And it must not be wrong to be a liar. And it must not be wrong to, wrong to be a cheater. And it must not be wrong. And it must be, well, because, you know, grace and, and, and Jesus' forgiveness and the cross and all of those things, well, I mean, why? What's happening? We've gotten frustrated. We got frustrated and we created doctrines that said Jesus Christ doesn't operate like he does, but the Word of God says he does. We've created doctrines that say, well, you can believe this and everything's going to be okay. Once in grace, always in grace. Once you find the cross, you're saved forever. The love of God will take care of you. Your free will is going to get you. You're going to humanize Jesus Christ until your will and His will can be one. Well, yeah. But the truth is, all those doctrines are provided and presented because people are frustrated because they don't understand how to get the goods. They don't understand where to go to get the goods, what to do to get the goods. They don't understand what it takes to get the goods. 
They just simply don't understand when they read the Word of God that what the Word of God says is exactly what it means. Jesus said, follow me. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So stop trying to steal spiritual things, friends, because it will not work. It will bring you into frustration. I remember when I was a young preacher. I thought I'd, I could I'd just go lay hands on everybody. I'd go throughout the audience and lay hands on everybody. You know what would happen? Nothing. Nothing. Because at that point in time, I did not understand not only the concept of laying on of hands, but I did not understand how to get into the place where the faith of God, Jesus Christ, the faith of Christ, lives and works in the life that I now live because I have journeyed with Jesus Christ. Yeah, I didn't understand that. What was I looking for? You know, I've talked to you about suggestive ministry. I was looking for a responsive ministry. I wanted someone to respond to me laying my hand on them. I didn't have anything to give them. I was just laying hands on them because I'd seen someone else do it. I'm talking early in my ministerial days. Now that I've learned better and I've come into more truth about understanding that using even the name of Jesus without privilege has consequences. No doubt about that. So stop trying to steal things that don't belong to you in the spiritual realm because what they're going to do is is they're going to become destructive to you. They're going to become frustrating to you. And you're going to ask the age-old question, why don't you, God? Where are you, God? And then the suggestive ministry is going to come along and say, God's about to get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And God's no more ready than he could sprout wings and fly. Why? Of course, he could sprout wings and fly. But God's no more ready to do for that uh, situation than he was the day before or the month before. Why? Because people have not come through the process to be in the place where they are in the spiritual privilege. They're not in the electorate, electorate because they haven't come through the righteousness of God and be made, been made holy. They're not sanctified. They're not living under the advocacy of Jesus Christ, which I'll get to in this study shortly. They're not living under the Lordship with the privilege of using His name. Why? Because they're still living on their earthy side. And I cannot emphasize that enough. So stop trying to steal things that are not yours. Things that you cannot afford. You cannot afford in the economy of God to play with God and do things that look spiritual but are not. Stop trying to do things you're not called to do or things of which you are unqualified to do. Stop it. Because all you're doing is frustrating God and frustrating those you're trying to minister to. Stop it. What does stealing apply to in this chapter? Well, could it be to the ministry of positions? Stop trying to steal a position that doesn't belong to you. Stop trying to go into places that you haven't been called. Stop trying to attain the place of which has been given to someone of which someday you may qualify for, but you're not ready for that yet. Stealing could pertain to the things uh, that you're trying to operate in concerning the power of which you have spent, uh, have not spent the time to go through the process to be able to engage it. Yeah? 
You could try to steal power, operate, look like, act like you're in power when all the time you're not. And the outcome of that is devastating because there is no production. Stealing could be the basic idea that you have been told you were saved, but you're really not. You've never really obtained it. Grace has never really been applied and truth has never justified the application of your faith and grace. Stealing could be trying to live as spiritual, as someone who is real spiritual. When you're actually real fleshy in your anger, in your actions, in your behavior, in your controlling nature, in your using your sharp tongue and your uh, quick wit and your brain to try to overlord somebody. Stop trying to steal and look like you're spiritual when you are really operating in the flesh. Stealing could be breaking of the unity and the harmony of the bond of peace. Stop stop trying to steal that. Stop trying to steal in there and create a breach and a break so that you can then swoop in and be the champion. Stealing could be misunderstanding of where you are in regard to spiritual positioning. Stealing could be the misrepresentation of grace as it applies to the measure of the gift of Jesus Christ. You're trying to steal being saved. You're trying to steal the portions that you must follow without following those portions. You're trying to act like, speak like, you understand those portions when you really don't and you've never been there. My friend, that's stealing. That's stealing in the spiritual economy of God. Stealing could be the misrepresentation of all of the things that grace can do. Stealing could be that one remains a child, never grows into any maturity, constantly in a state of childhood, constantly operating immaturely, trying to jump up and act like they are this, that, or the other, but really their inner self is full of childish uh, opportunity, childish behavior, childish thought, childish language. They want to grow up and jump up and be seen, but they can't stand on their own two feet. They have to be protected. Childish. Don't get carried away with that. Stealing could be that you are living more closely to darkness and you're calling yourself an aficionado of light. Verse 29, now watch what you say and watch the way in which you say it. Do not ever impose your feelings, how you feel, what you think, what you're going through on someone else. Don't do it. I had a guy one time begin to tell me something about a job and something that I did in my job and I looked at him and I said, do not impose your fetishes on me. I won't take that. I don't need you to impose. You, if you've got a fetish, you keep your fetish. If you've got an issue that you are refusing to run through the process of Jesus Christ, don't try to give it to anybody. Don't force it on other people. If you refuse to run the process and follow Jesus Christ and live more closely to the darkness than you want to live to the light, and you're willing to accept that, then you keep it. 
keep it to yourself. You don't need to impose that on other people. You don't need to speak it out over other people. No, no, no. You don't need to speak death into other people's lives. So watch what you speak and don't impose your feelings on someone else. Do not ever speak death over someone who has the option of death or life. Speak words that reflect the life that is in the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. Communicate appropriately. Communicate appropriately. And in all of your communications, here's the thing that needs to be done. Improve your listening. Improve your ability to listen. And improve your ability to be graceful. Graceful. That's critical. Instead of communicating corruptly, learn to listen. Learn to listen. And what are you listening to? You're listening for the wisdom. You're listening for the Holy Spirit. Verse 30. This is a big one. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with actions that reflect darkness. You've been sealed by Him, so protect Him. Uh-huh. Now, who are we talking about here? We're talking about the ones that have crossed over the border and are walking in righteousness. They are the only ones who are the elect of God. They are the only ones who have been sealed. Why? Because they have been sanctified. Now, it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. If one is living in a place where he is giving place to the devil, is he sealed by the Holy Spirit? If one is living between the cross and has not come through the resurrection, his flesh is still in play and warring, he is still doing earthly and sinful things, his sin nature is still the dynamic that controls what he says, what he does, his self-satisfaction, his lust and his pride, has that person who's giving place to the devil been sealed by the Holy Spirit? The answer is no. Why is that? Because he's not come into the righteousness and the holiness of Jesus Christ. He is not in Jesus Christ. Can one who is righteous and, and holy, now watch this language, grieve the Holy Spirit? Obviously he can. How can he do it? Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 2, he could revert to the old conversation concerning corrupt things. Can the Holy Spirit feel grief? Well, of course he can. Well, Paul wouldn't have said it. Can he be under distress because of the actions of people. Well, of course. Sin creates the grief. Now, does the sin of one who is living in all of the earthy conditions of sin meet the same response of the Holy Spirit? No. The earthy side is dealing with the reproof of the Holy Spirit where he is convicting them and convincing them. That's how the Holy Spirit works on the earthy side. So when Paul brings up this term grieving, he's not talking to the earthy side. Because on the earthy side, what the Holy Ghost does 
is that he reproves over there. He's speaking to those who have crossed the bridge of grace, truth-led righteousness, into the spirit world, and in the spirit world they become a citizen of a new kingdom. Now, if they sin, what happens? They grieve the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. Paul says they've become the elect of God. So they've been sealed at that point. When they cross the border, walk across grace, truth leads righteousness and holiness into the citizenship of a new kingdom. Now they go from being someone who needs reproof to someone who will grieve the Holy Spirit because they have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And in his sealing, he is saying they are mine. They have come to me. I have brought them. And here they are. Oh, I feel that in my spirit, man. I have brought them across the bridge of grace. And then they go back and grieve him by doing something that is defined and described as an if. That's the key word here. So the Holy Spirit will not meet with one who has been sealed under the same condition as he meets with one who has still remained in the earthy. That's important for you to understand. Why? Because they've not been brought through the following of the journey and the path of Jesus Christ to become joined with Jesus and become the righteousness of God in Him and the holiness of God because of Him. Therefore, they have not yet been sealed and are not elected. Only from this place, from the place past the border, will you come into the journey where you are in Jesus and when you are in righteousness, in Him, living by His faith, now if you do something related to the earthy man, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Prior to this, We've been living in the sin nature. And as long as the sin nature persists, we cannot be either identified as the elected or the righteousness of God. Certainly the criteria to be called holy is not applicable to those who are living in the realm of reproof. So we've moved into another dimension and into another dominion. Whenever Paul brings us up and says that we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Living in the realm of righteousness now does not defy or deny that there is always potential that the one, according to Paul's own teaching, remembers the old conversation, the old way of living, the old thing he used to be before he was quickened. That he has the opportunity to remember how he responded. Paul told us that in chapter 2. But if we do things that grieve the Holy Spirit, we 
because of the righteousness and the force of righteousness and the election of which we have come in to be the children of God and have been sealed by the work of the Holy Spirit on our life, we are now operating in a different dominion, dimension, citizenship, and kingdom. From the perspective now, we operate under the condition of advocacy. That advocacy is Jesus Christ who is operating in us, who is going to now, he is pleading our cause. Notice this. Jesus Christ shed blood. The Holy Spirit now is the agent of the Godhead who deals with man from reproof to reproof of sin, reproof of righteousness, reproof of the prince of the power of the air. Now when we come into the divine righteousness of God and get into Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, Jesus Christ himself begins to speak on our behalf. Well, my battery is about to go. And I'm already at 29 minutes and 12 seconds. How I get here, I do not know. I want you to listen to this over and over again because there's information in here that's going to change your life if you'll come into it. Father, I pray that you'll minister by the power of Almighty God to your children today that we may see, envision, know, be led by the Holy Spirit, be brought into the citizenship by righteousness until we become a member of a kingdom so that we can operate in His faith and have Him speak on our behalf, operating in the Lordship of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit so that we can live in the dominion of which He promised. I bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, my friends, we're at the end of another podcast and another Facebook post. May God richly bless you is my prayer. I'll be back tomorrow with more from Ephesians chapter 4. God bless you, my Facebook family. God bless you, friends, on, on podcast. May the Lord minister to you and you find Jesus as Lord. Have the privilege of using his name. May you find him as the man in the Godhead bodily. And there, he'll show you great and mighty things that are to come. May God bless you until we speak again.